Our first lesson will serve as the basis for our children's devotion this morning. It comes from Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone, instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 14. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How are you guys today? Good, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming up. Do you guys know what language I'm speaking right now, the language that we speak? What do we call it? English, right? We speak English. And Most people your age in our country just know one language. They know English. They don't know other languages. The Bible is written in two different languages. The Old Testament is written mostly in Hebrew, a little bit in a language called Aramaic, but just a little tiny bit. And then the New Testament is written in a language called Greek. And what I brought up here today are two boxes. This is biblical Hebrew vocabulary cards, and this is biblical Greek vocabulary cards. Each box contains a thousand little cards. And on every single one of those little cards is one word in Hebrew or one word in Greek. And then you turn it over and guess what you find? A word in English, right. And you could do this with any language. I brought up a a little green card here with a a word on it, Agricola. If I remember correctly, this is the very first word that I ever learned in a different language. When I was a freshman in, college, a freshman in high school, I took a Latin class, and the first thing they taught us was agricola. That's Latin for farmer. And the idea behind little cards like this is you link in your mind, you connect one word in the language you know to one word in the language that you 
don't know. So say it with me. Agricola means farmer. All right, so you're linking Agricola with farmer in your mind. Now, if you were to learn a thousand words in Latin and link them all to an English word, would you know Latin? Not really. See, it's not that easy. This is just a start. Even if you learned every single word in this box and linked it to an English word in your mind, and even if you learned every single word in this box and linked it to a Greek word in your mind, you would still be a long ways away from actually knowing a new language. Language is more than just one meaning of a word in our minds, right? When we learn languages, there's all sorts of things that go into communicating. Like, what does my face look like when I'm saying the words? If I look really angry, maybe you think I'm angry while I'm saying the words. And if I look really happy, maybe you think I'm happy while I'm saying the words. And I might never talk about being angry or happy, but you might just know by looking at my face, right? Or the things that I'm doing with my hands. Or the, the, the things that I'm saying all combined help you better understand more than if you just had one or two words. The point is this. Language is complicated. It's really complicated. In our Old Testament lesson, we heard where all these different languages came from. God did it. People spoke one language and everybody understood each other, but then God confused their languages so that they spoke a whole bunch of different languages. And we wonder why. Why would he do that? That made things so much harder. It would be so much easier if we all spoke the same language. Well, there's a reason. The reason God did it is going to be one of the main points in our sermon today. The reason God did it is because the people were using their one language not to glorify God, but to glorify themselves. And by making it harder for people to communicate with each other, God was making it harder for people to glorify themselves. Now, we're still able to do that as sinful human beings, but it's harder for people in this world to bring glory to themselves when we have all these different languages. Today is called Pentecost. We're going to see how God reversed what he did at the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, he confused all the languages so that it was hard for people to understand each other. At Pentecost, God gave the gift of language so his word could be understood by people who speak different languages. Today, we're going to thank God for the power of words that are understood. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you always know what is best. Sometimes you do things that we look at and scratch our heads a little bit and we're not quite sure at first why you do what you do. But we know that you always do what is best for us, even if we don't understand it. Today we learn that you have sent your word, the good news of our Savior Jesus, to us in a language that we understand and what you do for us, you do for all. We ask that you would help us today to better appreciate your love for us, that you would communicate to us in a language we understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Let's pray. Lord, may the the words of my mouth be understood words, that your love, that your grace may be understood by all who hear, that we all may better appreciate your saving love for us shown in your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So as we just discussed in the children's devotion, what was it that the people who settled down in that plain of Shinar had that made them so very powerful? It was words. And not just any words. It was understood words. God himself says if, if they continue on like this, there's nothing they won't be able to do. The problem was that they were using that gift of language and the gift of technology, the gift of, of common language, which was understood by all, to bring glory to themselves and not to others. It's a question that I know I often had in my mind. How was this good? Why would God take away the common ability to understand? And it's linked to that one simple truth, the abuse of the gift. We are so good at abusing gifts that God gives. And here in his grace, he's protecting mankind from themselves making it that much more challenging for human beings to bring glory to themselves. And if you think about it, it's, it's worked. We've accomplished amazing things as humanity, but can you imagine what could have been accomplished if the best rocket scientists from every nation could communicate well with one another? As it is, they're, they're fragmented. They have to try to translate what they learn into other languages, and translation's hard. It's not easy to translate clearly what one expects to be understood in his own language. There are many in our world today who have these globalist, utopian dreams. And it's easy to write them off as insane. But they're really just dreams of the reversal of Babel. And they're often held by people who don't believe that Babel actually happened. They're held by people who, who reject Genesis 1 to 11 as actual history. They don't believe in a God who created mankind to live and not to die. They don't believe that sin entered the world and, and death through sin, that God made a promise to, to forgive sin and defeat death. They don't believe in a global flood. They don't believe that only eight human beings got off that ark and began to repopulate the world. They don't believe that the descendants of Noah's family disobeyed God's good command to spread out and fill the whole earth, instead settling in this one place and building a tower to make a name for themselves. They don't believe that language diversity exists because God. The dream is a logical one. It's one that realizes what God realized. What mankind could accomplish if there were no different languages, if there were no divisions of borders. It's a dream that I think helps us better understand why God did what he did. Because it's a dream that would do nothing but bring honor and glory to humans if ever accomplished. It would not be used 
to bring honor and glory to the creator, the sustainer, the savior. What did the people have in that plain of Shinar that made them so powerful? It was understood words. And I hope now you better understand why God took that away. What did the apostles have at Pentecost? Words. Understood words. <clears throat> the miracle of miracles, grace upon grace, the Spirit in his power enabled men who knew one language to all of a sudden be speaking languages they had never learned. It's exactly what happened at Babel, isn't it? People who were all speaking one language were all of a sudden speaking a language they had never learned. A new language that united them with small groups of the people living in the plain of Shinar. And off they went. But on Pentecost, in a great reversal of Babel, the Holy Spirit, through his power, enabled the disciples to speak languages they had never learned for one reason. So that the word of God would be understood understood in as many languages as possible. And as amazing as language is, as much as we can communicate through facial expression and body language and words with context and tone and inflection and idiom and slang, when the word of God is understood, And the Holy Spirit goes to work, more is accomplished than anything that we can accomplish with our words. Spiritually dead are brought to spiritual life. Cold, dead, stony hearts are made alive. A new person is created and strengthened inside of us as the Holy Spirit goes to work through understood words. Today, we rejoice in the power of the Holy Spirit through understood words. In our gospel lesson, Jesus' words are very simple. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. That's very simple English, isn't it? Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Well, who loves Jesus? The same John who wrote this gospel in his first epistle wrote, We love because he first loved us. So I suppose the answer to the question, well, who loves Jesus? It's people who have heard through understood words that God loved them first. <laughs> it's the message understood when Christmas is relayed in words. It's the message understood through the season of Epiphany as we focus on Jesus revealed to be the Son of God. It's the words that are understood throughout the season of Lent as we see the glory of God hidden in suffering, as we see our own sin revealed as the cause for Jesus' suffering. It's the love communicated in words that are understood as we are told about the Son of God 
enduring our hell and dying our death. It's the love that is communicated when we hear once again that Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And that the promise of eternal life truly is ours because our Savior is not dead but alive. It's the love of God communicated in words that are understood by humans who are told that Jesus has ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God who is everywhere, meaning our Savior Jesus, God and man, is now miraculously everywhere. With us, right here, right now. Who loves Jesus? It's those who have heard and understood these beautiful words that God loves you, God loves me, God loves the world. We love because he first loved us. Beautiful words, wonderful words, powerful words. Why is it that we so often do not appreciate them? Why is it that sinful human beings like you and I often crave so much more than words? Lord, why can't you just show your power in ways that we can see? Why can't you just do the miracles you once did? Why can't you make things happen that we see that make your presence undeniable? Why can't you just convince the world that you are real? Why don't we appreciate these words more? Some great preaching advice I once received to check myself as a preacher. When you point out a problem, a lack of appreciation of God's word, for example, the cure, the solution, can never be reflected back on the people, so appreciate more. That won't do. That won't work. It's not a proper cure. It's actually not gospel. If we were to say, you haven't been listening to the word of God enough, you haven't been coming to church enough, you haven't been reading your Bible enough, the answer cannot be, listen more, go to church more, read your Bible more. It can never be a command back to you. So what is the cure? What is the cure for our lack of appreciation of God's word that we demonstrate so often on a daily basis? Well, the cure is Pentecost. The cure is God's amazing love revealed in his relentless desire to communicate with sinners like us. He so desperately wants us to be with him. He so desperately wants us to be forgiven and to be in his presence forever that he makes sure his word is heard in understood language. Not, Not in a language we don't understand, but in a language we do understand. He makes sure that whether you came here on your own will or were dragged here kicking and screaming, that you get to hear the word of God in a language you understand. He makes sure that even when you're on your own and you are kicking and screaming against opening your Bible, the word is remembered. (laughs) Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I learned that once. And I am not doing that right now. And when the remembered word brings guilt to our hearts, then it is the remembered gospel that brings peace. And this is why Jesus came, to forgive sins even like this. 
You see, the answer to our lack of appreciation, the answer to our sin is never found in us. It's always found in the name of the Lord whose name is to be glorified, never our own. It's found in the God who relentlessly looks to communicate with you and with me in a language we understand. Today we thank God for translations. Today we thank God for for men, for women who have studied languages so that they can communicate in a new language that maybe was not their own. Today we thank God for starting off the march of his word throughout the world with the miraculous learning of language so that the word could be spread quickly and understood. Today we thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart where a dead, stony heart that was conceived in unbelief has been brought to faith in the triune God, the Father who created and sustains us, the Son who redeemed us, the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us on a daily basis as he powerfully works through the Word. Today we rejoice as the Holy Spirit marches victorious through the Word, the understood Word. Amen.